Hey, what's up, everybody? Ryan here with The Power of Helping People. Boy, do I got a special guest today um, for episode 23 of The Power of Helping People, where we uh, try to help one individual every single day, which is pretty special because I got a very, very good friend of mine, uh, somebody that I've recently met that actually right now is becoming a very, very good friend and a family member because, you know, you guys know me. When I start a relationship, they almost become family. So, you know, this person right now is named Mike Rosen. He's actually the vice president partner of Let's Pay, which is pretty cool because, you know, we're in the same industry. So to be able to bring you this person and to talk about our industry is probably pretty exciting for me. I'm, You know, I haven't done this before, which is probably... Uh, one of those things that this episode is going to be pretty much real, real solid material because we're going to talk about things that we've done. We're going to talk about things that we've, you know, had successes with. We're going to talk about family. We're going to talk about culture. We're going to talk about a ton of things in the industry. But first and foremost, I want to introduce Mike. Mike was actually born in Alabama, which is pretty cool. But now he lives in Chicago and he actually is there with his wife, Danny. And he's got two boys and a six-month-old daughter, which is pretty cool because I have three girls and we were just discussing the other day about, you know, a couple little things that, you know, boys are a lot different than girls. So, but I'm going to welcome Mike up here. Let's get him on the stage real quick here. What's going on, buddy? What's happening? Thanks for having me. I appreciate that introduction. You know what? It's uh, I wanted to bring you up here before I finished it because I wanted to congratulate you because you know it, you just you just accomplished a huge huge thing in your life by getting your master's and I first and foremost wanted to you know just congratulate you in front of everybody because that's a very very good uh, goal that 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 people set out to do that most don't accomplish so I just wanted to first and foremost let you know that that's an amazing accomplishment and congratulations on that. Thanks. Uh, it means a lot. I'm probably one of a few pavers that has their MBA, but you know, I think about it in the framework of your life's mission to help people. And I know the more that I help myself, the more that our company can help more people. So it wasn't easy. You mentioned my wife and my three kids. They probably suffered the most during the last couple of years of me getting that degree. But, you know, I think the homework days are finally behind me. You know what, though, is, is my wife just, and, and, I, and I know how she feels because my wife just went back to school and got her nurse practitioner degree two, two years ago. And just the stress level and to be able to, you know, manage the kids and take the kids around. I mean, she was pretty much in the books, not working for almost a year and a half. So it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, if you can complete that, it's a very, very big task in life and a very big achievement. So I just wanted to thank, you know, just let, literally tell you that it's an amazing thing and it's it's uh it's definitely one of those things that i don't think i could do but uh, i congratulate you for doing that so it's definitely cool because if i went away for a year and a half my wife would probably uh i'd probably be sleeping on the couch i'll tell you that much so no, no doubt i i uh i would disagree with you i think that you could accomplish it i'm always in awe of you being kind of super dad and everything you accomplish professionally and then personally and in the ages of your kids and their activities it's like i follow you on social media and i don't you must have 30 hours in the day to get done what you get done i don't get it <laughs> well you know what it's like it's time management and everybody always tells me it's like dude how do you do this and it's like slotting times out and you know making sure i do it i was on on saturday it took me like probably a half an hour to 45 minutes to plan out my next week because i didn't want to have any gaps in my schedule you know, so like people are like, well, how do you get everything done? It's like, you just got to make time. You know, that's the one thing that I, I truly believe is if you, if you get up an hour earlier, if you, you know, go to bed an hour later, you have two extra hours in your day. And to be honest with you, I want to spend every waking minute that I can with my wife and kids that I can. So I got to get my stuff done as quick as possible. And then as soon as I get that done, I get to spend time with my family. So, you know, I, I put these little, I call them win categories. So once I get a couple wins out of the day, I, you know, I, I go home and I enjoy my family. So it's kind of, it's kind of a blessing and, and a curse in a way, because I am, I love working, but I also love spending time with my family too. So it's kind of that balance. So I wanted to, I wanted to go right into this and, and really just talk about, you know, how excited I am and how excited are you for this 2022 season? I, it, the momentum we have in our business is like nothing I've seen before. Uh, I got in this industry 2009, 2010. I graduated from college in 2008, kind of the banking crisis was, was unfolding. 
And we had a lot of momentum for those couple of years. Things kind of slowed down and normalized. But now I'm just feeling it all over again. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, some of the new teammates we've brought on, our culture is still a work in progress, but we're just humming. And the opportunity that's out there is just, it's really humbling. And to have kind of partnerships like we're forging with BSI, I have no doubt that this can be our best year yet, ever. Uh, and I'm thrilled about it. You know, and then we're going to we're going to go into this a little bit, but I wanted to go, you know, the, the excitement that builds up because we just got back from NPE. But I wanted to go back a little farther is is, is where we met. So we met in Marco Island at a, at a retreat and the retreat was for the TCS uh, uh, inner circle group and which is uh, Brian Hess. And a lot of people that, uh, you know, know me know Brian Hess because, you know, I love sharing his information. He's got the morning perspective and he's just got this great outlook on the industry and and he's just trying to change the movement of the industry. So, we, you know, we go to this inner circle retreat and I kind of want to get your, you know, really just your feedback on this whole thing because when we met, you know, you were at a point where like, you know, it's like, I can't believe that there's actually this many contractors in this room and how amazing energy is. So let's let's talk a little bit about the Inner Circle Retreat and kind of how how the point you got there and then when you ended up getting there, what, what was that feeling just for our guests? Yeah, I, I, it's hard to describe in just words. I mean, from the outside looking in, people probably see Brian Hess as one of my company's fiercest competitors. And six months ago, that's probably how I thought about it. And I got an introduction to Brian in the energy that he has, I mean, he just kind of wrapped me up in love. And he invited me down to Marco Island. It's January. I live in Chicago. You're having me on episode 23, the Michael Jordan number coming from Chicago. It doesn't take a lot to convince me to leave Chicago in January to come to Marco Island. Uh, I was fortunate. I got in Friday evening and I flew in after work again. After graduating, my wife held down the fort for the weekend but I walked right in to your, your award ceremony and kind of right in right when you were getting an award and just the energy of the room just totally changed everything for me. And I really, I shared this with you previously, there've been times over the last couple of years where I've been bearish about our industry. There's not a lot of young professionals that are eager to get into the blue collar trades, even though they can be really successful and financially rewarding create kind of flexibility in your life. And I was down in the dumps because there's a lot of, you look at KNL industries, there's a lot of family businesses that don't have a good succession plan in place, but coming back there and, and meeting everyone at TCS and Marco Island just recharged my batteries. I mean, the, the level at which there's people kind of of our generation that are just so hungry, so successful, ambitious, creative thinkers that just want to pull everyone up, it's contagious. And it's just changed my, it's changed my whole outlook on our industry professionally, but also personally. It's made me a better husband, better father, better person of faith. It's just, um, again, I, it's hard to put in words, but that's how I feel coming out of that time spent in Florida. It's almost too, it gives you that regeneration of like hanging out with like-minded individuals. So like when they, when they strive and we talked about it yesterday a little bit is, is like, you know, most companies are satisfied with three to 5% to 10% growth. And, you know, our group is, we're, we're not, we're not at that point. We're not three, three to five to 10%. We're, we're going for the gusto We're we want to grow as individuals. And I was telling you about this the other day is, is, you know, we get calls and texts all the time and saying, Hey, I'm struggling with this. What do you think of this? And we're in a group message and it's not, not even five seconds later where people are like, we can do this. You can do this. I've done this. So it's like, it's almost that inner circle group that just, you know, you, you have that vulnerable moment, but people are there to lift you up and say, hey, this is how it's going to be done. And this is how it can be done. And depending on the, the severity of the company, if it's a $1 million company or if it's a $15 million company, you can take those little things and you can see what works for you. So, you know, I think that's a, that just goes to show, you know, it's like you, you have a group that you feel safe in you know, and you can ask any question, you can do anything. So, you know, I wanted to go a little bit about, you know, you, you talked about the industry and you talked about having that, like, you know, going down because I, as when I got in the industry in 2004, it was like lock and key. You ask somebody a question, 
and they they didn't want to tell you. Their lips were sealed. They literally locked it up and they said, hey, I can't help you with that. You know, if I tell you my secrets, then you might go take those secrets and you might, you know, actually do something with and become a millionaire. Nowadays, the whole thing is totally different. Us new generation, us young people like yourself, too. We want different. We want something different in the industry. So, you know, Brian put this group together with this vision to really just change the way, you know, the industry thinks, acts, and, and, and really just, you know, puts 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 himself out there and really just, you know, wants to be better. So what, how do you feel about that? It's a great question. And, and really, that was one of the things that originally attracted me to Brian and just having that conversation and building that relationship is, I've struggled most of my life with a scarcity mindset, right? That I'm playing a zero sum game that any win for Mike Rosen is a loss for Brian Hess and vice versa. And I hate the Patriots, but I almost think about it like the Patriots where you're keeping your playbook, you know, closed down. You're not sharing it with anyone. Well, the first day we were in Marco Island, it's like the whole playbook got open and, and it really was sharing best practices. And I think, one of the areas where where kind of a younger generation has really excelled is it's easier today to build those relationships with people in different geographical areas than it's ever been through Zoom and Teams and, and social media and whatever else exists out there where today we know our people live a thousand miles away better than we know our immediate next door neighbors. And that's what was so great about being in that group, even a market like Denver, Colorado, where there's multiple contractors, it was iron sharpens iron. And those guys were spending time together to figure out just how can they improve the industry just in their local market. So uh, the motivation I felt coming out of that is just, it's unwavering. You know, too, is I think that, uh, you know, I think one thing is too, is we've, we've got this vulnerability, you know, this vulnerability in the group where, you know, we, we check our ego at the door, you know, and we really just open up and say, hey, listen, I, I'm struggling in this. You know, I'm struggling. And, and as contractors, we don't like to put our, you know, our vulnerability out there because, you know, contractors are tough. Contractors do this. Contractors do that. And when you start to actually present that vulnerability, you know, you are human. You know, we as humans make mistakes. We as humans do things that probably aren't right sometimes, but it's how you rebound and how you, you know, you take those adversities and you really do those things to grow as a company. Because I remember when I used to share information like, hey, you can make an extra, you know, 3000 bucks a day if you do this. And people will be like, well, why should I listen to you? But the whole mentality in the last generation, you know, the last 10 years has totally flipped around. It's almost like, tell me all your secrets so I don't make any mistakes. I say yeah. this all the time in our group, and you can you can touch base on this after, is I tell people I've made millions of dollars worth of mistakes, and I'm not proud of it. But I don't want you to make the same mistakes. So if I can help you with five-minute phone conversation to save you 20 grand, dude, just listen. You know, that, and that's something that our industry has, has lacked. So how do you feel about that? I, I agree with you, and I'm trying to take some notes here real quick, but it's that vulnerability, it doesn't equal weakness in the group. I mean, you talked earlier about we're in an industry where single-digit growth rates is kind of acceptable. That's kind of the norm. Single-digit growth rates in the group that you're a part of will get you kicked out of the group. I mean, the level of accountability is just its palpable there, where I've been to a lot of events that are structured like that. I've not been to many events to start with the 5 a.m. beach workout and then a 6 a.m. daily devotional and just the accountability, just it's 24 seven. And that turns into motivation. And again, it's making sure that there are people that are consistent with your core values because of every, you just talked about the five minute phone call that you're gonna have with Daniel or whoever else, you're pouring so much of your limited resources into those relationships that you gotta make sure that the people on the receiving end of that are in a spot where they're willing and able and ready to receive that investment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think too, is, 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 you know, when you were at this, at this event, what was that one thing that just clicked when you were there? Like, you know, I was telling you about this the other day is like, what was that, that one pivotal moment? Like, you're like, oh my gosh, this is out there. What, what, what is going on here? Like, I mean, cause I, when I, when I met Brian and he came into my office and, and meanwhile, I met Brian, you know, almost three years ago 
and he came to my office from Pittsburgh. He came in with, you know, with, with one other person and he sat there in my desk and he goes, Ryan, when I walked in that door, I just felt different. I felt that just energy, that culture. Like I felt like I was meant to be in that office and that's what I want for everybody. I want people to come in and have that, like that energetic, like when, when you walk in my office right now, if you came into my office, the first person at the front door would greet you with a hi and a smile and, hey, how, how can I help you? The second person, Megan, my controller comes out and says, hey, how's it going? What do you need? I can help you, you know, and, and it's just that energy, like every guest that comes in is a part of our family. So, you know, I wanted to talk, what was that one thing that just clicked when you were there? Yeah, I think that that's, it's um, unfair to just give one moment the full credit for that. I mean, some of the first people I met, I met Brian's Brian's wife, Lori, I met his kids. And to me, the way in which that personal life and professional life was one, and he is the same place everywhere and just how wonderful his family are. I'm a firm believer that, you know, your kids are a representation of you and vice versa if I had to kind of distill the weekend for one moment to me that I've really carried forward is Keith Calloway senior. He kind of said this it was in passing. It was kind of a throwaway comment, but it's really stuck with me. Givers gain. And I've probably contributed more to different charitable organizations, just either through writing a check or volunteering or whatever the case may be in the last 60 days, since we come back from Arco, then probably the last longer than I would care to admit. And it just really, the giver's gain has really stuck with me. And I want to start contributing more than I'm I'm taking. And that was a weekend that strategically or otherwise, I certainly got more from the group than I gave to the group. And that's why I'm really committed to giving back and sending more business your way. And, you know, we work closely with ADC and we're starting to get there with k It's really bringing together the like-minded people has been um life-changing and professionally changing you you brought up the kia the callaways uh junior and senior um yeah and lillian and and i'm telling you all three of them have changed my life but i'll tell you right now keith senior and keith jr have impacted me in great deal and i don't think they realize how much they've impacted me because when you're around like-minded people that push you to get outside that comfort zone is when you excel in life yeah. Like when they, when they say like, I'm giving them my best and they say, nope, you can give a little bit more. That's that, that, that push, that, that energy in the group is, is like average isn't good anymore. You know, good isn't good anymore is you need to, you want to be better than good. And so you yeah. go after that and, you know, and it's a, it's a good mentality to have in a group, you know? And I think, I think that's what you experienced is when you went in there, give me a couple takeaways since you only, you said one thing that clicked, but give me a couple takeaways from that event, you know, that just to this day just sticks in your, in your head and you're, you're implementing it from that event. Yeah. I I mean, it's the entire weekend. I mean, it really, it just to be invited there was something special. And I think there was a, a comment, I'm paraphrasing Brian here. I'm not going to nail it perfectly, but it doesn't matter what happens when things are going well. It matters how you react and what happens when things aren't going well. It matters how you treat people when you think no one is watching. And that to a person who is there and the members of your group are outside of just paving at this point, you guys have grown into other trades, but it's no matter who the person was that I was watching, no matter who was watching them, who they're interacting with, it was always just doing the right thing. And it was saying the right thing, encouraging people, being there for one another. And when I sit back and I observe the room, there's two different kinds of listening. There's the people that listen to respond. And you can tell when you're having a conversation with that kind of person. And there's the other group that listens to truly understand what you're trying to communicate. And just everyone there was just so actively listening to really understand the message that was being delivered. It it just... I mean, you know, it's like I drank the Kool-Aid. You guys got me hook, line, and sinker. It was really, it's, it's magical. And the relationships that have that I've kind of stayed in touch with, and then obviously seeing a bunch of y'all at NPE, it's I don't know if Brian has a trumpet or whatever, but eight, nine o'clock at night, it just seemed like everyone from TCS would show up and you guys would just chat and break down the day and pray together and just be there for one another. It really 
um, magical to watch. Well, you said you said a good thing is is, is we we pray together, we you know live life together, and it's like it's almost like that that friend away from you know home that you can call if you need something. And you even said it yesterday is, is we can call up anybody in the group; they'd be on a plane to wherever you need to be when you need to be because that's what we're there for, you know. And I think you know having that that you know that camaraderie, that team atmosphere, and and being as separate teams, creating a team. Is, is just it's it's unheard of in the industry it's unheard of in, in many industries especially in the construction world and that's why i think brian's branched out to roofers and and general contractors and all this other stuff because it's 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 a thing that we need to change in the industry now i wanted to go you know a little bit into your you know your childhood and 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 the reason why i want to go into your childhood a little bit is is because you know it's it, it it's basically what makes you so we're going to go back a little bit and we're going to, you know, talk a little bit about your childhood. And I want you to just go over, you know, your your relationship with your your dad, because, you know, your dad was a single dad pretty much raising you. I want you to go into that a little bit. And then after that, we're going to touch base on your paving, you know, you know, your success. So I think the biggest thing is, is going over that and really just seeing where you came from and where you are now, because that's the that's the huge thing right now, because I look at you and I say, how does somebody go through this, accomplish what you did, get his master's and now running a multi, you know, multi, multi, multi million dollar company and upwards of close to a hundred million dollars a year, which is pretty impressive. And, and, and you have these goals that you want to go after. So tell me a little bit about that when you were a child and what, what, what happened? Uh, yeah, I'd be happy to. It's, um, you know, I don't, I don't ever know if it's a compliment or an insult, but usually when I have this conversation with people, like I never would have expected that from you. So I'm going to choose to take it as a compliment. Um, like you mentioned, I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, I have half brothers 10 years older than me. I only say half uh, because that's the literal definition, but he and I are closer than you know any set of brothers out there. Love him to death. And him being 10 years older than me was kind of a, a junior parent. He was able to chaperone a couple spring breaks growing up. He got us some excuses and the jokes on all of our parents that, you know, he was probably the least mature responsible one of our group, but, you know, my folks got married and they had started a restaurant and it was just, it was a late night business. And my mom got into stuff that she shouldn't have gotten into. And that led to a divorce, really tumultuous couple of years resulted in her going to jail. My dad relocating um, to North Carolina for grad school. And I was born when he was 26. So nothing really kind of helps me understand that better than knowing now how hard it is to be a parent. And I have, in my opinion, the best partner at home and my wife, Danny, that my dad didn't have that at the time. And I know he wasn't able to accomplish what he wanted to professionally and otherwise because he was busy stepping up for both parents. And, you know, there was certainly times for me growing up when I, I did not make life easy on him. So that's, I think when my scarcity mindset started is I saw the path that a lot of people in my life were choosing. And I saw that it led to somewhere that I had no interest in going and went to college, didn't know what I wanted to study. My brother was enlisted in the army, 9-11 happened. He got sent overseas and I was like, oh, I'll study political science. I want to understand why my brother's going to war. I got in a bunch of classes with Plato and philosophy and it just wasn't interested. And I didn't apply myself and my grades reflected it. And so I just, I was coasting and I graduated college and I got a job working for enterprise car rental, which, uh, Nothing will motivate you more than someone like me who already runs hot and sweats and washing cars, rental cars, wearing a suit in the middle of a South Carolina summer. So I sold my truck, moved to Chicago to move in with a couple buddies and just had a job at ESPN, but I was traveling too much, playing pickup basketball with someone that was in our industry, told me there's a sales job. Uh, you know, sounded good to me, interviewed there. So that was kind of my entry point into our industry. And I, I've just, I've been so fortunate to have been paired with and come across so many great people professionally in my life 
that have looked out for me that kind of I've gotten some fortunate breaks along the way. The industry is is really changed and evolved at a perfect time for me in what we're creating today. So, uh, you know, getting in that TCS group has really kind of helped me be able to understand the self-awareness that I'm very fortunate to be where I am today. And I have to pay that forward for the next generation, the next person that that's coming up that maybe had a couple bumps and bruises and hiccups and speed bumps along the way. And it's really just changed my whole perspective. You know, you, you said perspective, but I wanted to go back a little bit because I, I wanted to touch base on this. You told me that you were, you were kidnapped as a young kid. Uh, and I wanted I wanted to, I wanted you to tell our guests that because you know, that's uh that happens a lot nowadays, especially with, you know, everything that's going on. And, and I wanted you to share that story because it was, that's something that you were telling me yesterday was just impactful to me because it just brought up so much emotion in myself because I grew up in a divorced family. And I think, I think even, you know, you have that, you have that fear of, you know, if you're going to, you're going to lose your kids, you know? And so like, I want you to tell that story a little bit because it'll get, it'll get a little more perspective on like what, what you did as a toddler. Yeah. I mean, I think the good news is I don't remember it because I was so young, but having the story recounted to me, my folks ended up getting divorced when I was around two. My mom had developed a drug habit before that, um, just irreconcilable differences. And it, um, my mom had some kind of family ties in South America and kind of, that was the plan to get me out of the country. Fortunately, never came to that. She, far as she got was to Florida just she had some not great characters in her life. And that really, I think all things being equal, my dad would have stayed in Birmingham, Alabama, where all his family was, but he took the opportunity to go to grad school in North Carolina and just get me out of there. So we ended up relocating and, and certainly credit to him. He still worked as hard as he could to try to keep my mom in my life and would, you know, let me go to Birmingham on occasion with the supervision of my grandfather to, to be with her and spend time with her. But as I got towards the end of middle school, and I remember this, you know, clear as day, I was home, my dad was at work or, or somewhere and the phone rang, answered it, Jefferson County prison, inmate number, blah, 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 blah. Cindy Rosen calling collect, do you accept this call? And it just at that point, I just realized my life was a lot different than my basketball teammates, my friends at school, and, and everyone who kind of came from the quintessential two-family household. And um, I don't know, it just it really brought that into perspective for me that it was different. And I didn't, I didn't dwell on it a lot. That's just kind of the way it was. I was fortunate to have a lot of really, really good friends at the time played a lot of sports. I think in hindsight, my dad just parked me in a lot of activity as to have kind of built in babysitting. And a lot of those friends' parents took me in like I was their own. And that really was comforting for me to go spend time at their houses where there was the kind of the normal family nu nucleus where the father went to work, the mom was a homemaker. I felt really comfortable there. Uh, and now later in life as a 36 year old and unpacking everything I'm going through, I understand why that's so important for me today with my growing family um, and wife. So it's, you know. I, I, I wanted to bring that back because it does, it does bring some perspective to it, but the adversity that you went through as a young kid, and then to now be able to be in the position you're in with a wife that you love, that you're married to, that you have three amazing kids, two boys and a girl, that's what I wanted to bring into perspective because, you know, we have we have choices in life. And, and I know you were young when they got divorced, just like I was young when my parents got divorced. And I, I kind of pretty much helped my mom raise my brother as she worked as a single mother. And, you know, as a having an absent dad, most of my life is the adversity that we went through. I want to ask you this question. Do you feel it changed the way you think and, and the way you, you go about things and, and how you had that fire inside you to get to where you want to be? Because we could have chosen to do something different, but we chose to go down a path that we, failure was no object. Yeah. Fatherhood was no object. 
husband was no object. So I want you to bring that in and just tell me what you think about that. Because, you know, I feel like, you know, true, truly is we have fire in us and we want to make sure that everybody sees that, but also resonates with that and then grows from that. So tell me a little bit about that. It, you know, for the longest time, it didn't feel different because I didn't have anything to compare it to. And it for sure lit a fire under my ass. And I did not channel it in the best ways. In hindsight is, again, I think that's what really accelerated my scarcity mindset. Everything was a zero-sum game. And I didn't just want to win. I wanted to destroy the people I was going against, whether it was sports or business or whatever. There's certainly some people today in business that I still enjoy beating. But I just, I wasn't channeling it the right way. It wasn't healthy. I mean, even before I went to school, COVID was kind of a nice reset for me because I pretty much travel every week. COVID, I wasn't traveling for a little while. It was nice to have a reset because I look at business success as an opportunity to create more freedom and flexibility for my family. But there is a point at which you get diminishing returns. And I just... I was grinding and I was like, I was burning the candle at both ends and at the detriment to my family. So understanding that balance, understanding healthier ways that I can channel that fire that still burns in me, right? Cause I'm worried every day that I'm not gonna be here for my kids. My kids aren't gonna have enough every single day. That's what motivates me. That's what gets me out of bed. That's what keeps me up. That's what pushes through and takes one more call, one more meeting, and, and always looking to do more because I want more for my family and the, the flexibility and freedom that, that that represents. Yeah, I think uh, what Ben Newman calls it, the burn, the burn inside you that gets that makes you get up every single day and go to work and make sure that, you know, you win every single day. So I think that I think I wanted people to hear that because that's that's what people struggle with in life is is the mentality of is if something happens to them, they get knocked down so much. It's so hard to get up and they got to have the right people around to help them lift and get up, you know, and then I always tell, tell people if you didn't start now, there's no better time than than the present. So start. Uh, and if I could just add to that, I mean, I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning, your most recent episode with Jeremy, you know, I hit you up right away. I was like, you need to introduce me to Jeremy. I just started working with him because one of the things that you talk about not channeling it in a healthy way, I was taking everything on to myself where I was staying up late. I was waking up early. I took pride in the fact that I wasn't sleeping enough. I wasn't exercising enough. I wasn't eating right because I was so busy. And it's really, I've come to the realization that I have to fill up my cup first so that I can be there for everyone else. And that's unnatural for me, right? So I reached out to Jeremy. We're working together for the next 16 weeks. I'm probably 50 pounds heavier right now than I like to be, but I'm going to start taking care, better care of myself so that I can better take care of my family at home and my family here at Let's Bathe. Yeah, and I think too is, is is you got a lot of the same mentalities I have. I mean, being 350 pounds four years ago and having to be, you know, to have the wherewithal to say, "Hey, Ryan, it's time to stop. You got to get healthy. You got to do this, and you got to do it for your kids. Otherwise, you're not going to be around." So no matter how hard I worked, and, and, and to to be honest with you, my mentality didn't shift till four years ago. So like I was working and I was doing the exact same things you were doing in the same place you were. And I was like, I got to do this for this person, this for this person. But really, I had to say, you know what, Ryan, stop. Do things for yourself. Lose this weight. Get healthy. Stop doing this. Stop doing this. Stop doing this. Start hanging around with these kind of individuals and then watch what happens. And so the testament of the last four years of my life and, and you always say, you know, I never would have guessed I have people say that to me all the time. And then you said, I don't know if it's a, if it's a knock or if it's a, you know, a, a, a huge compliment, but I'm taking it as a compliment because I had, you know, people that looked at me in high school, looked at me and say that that guy's going to be in prison. That guy's going to be in jail. That guy's going to be doing this. That guy's going to be doing this. But now to this day, when I go into a, a basketball practice that my son has, and this person does listen to my podcast and I want to share it, I won't share the who said it, but she goes, Ryan, she goes, I just want to let you know that you become an amazing human being. And, and that's the, that's the person that like 
you when you hear that compliment, it's like, wow, you're right. I have developed this because I put everything on the back burner of everybody else and started focusing on myself. And I think that's where you're at right now. And I think it's an amazing thing. And I love watching it. And I love seeing the spark in you because I see it. I see now that you're going to do everything for yourself and you're going to push through it. And then in 16 weeks, you're going to be a whole completely changed person. And then you're going to streamline it right into your life and your family and your wife. You're going to be a better husband, better, you know, father. And guess what? You're going to have more time for yourself too. So. I, absolutely. And it's one of those, I'm, I can make better excuses than anyone you've ever met. And I'm a stress eater. And so, you know, our business is really seasonal, especially being in Detroit. I mean, you got to make your money when you can make your money. You got to, you got to be working with that hot rock while you got it. And our, in, you know, working on the national side, it's no different. I mean, we're really busy at the times of which you're really busy. And I just, I would miss meals and I'd make up for it with the three, 4,000 calorie fast food meal or whatever the case may be. And I recently went over 300 pounds for the first time. And dude, I saw that on the scale and I was like, no, I like, I, I've made the excuses of well, I'm six, four. I work in the construction industry. I got a beard and it just enough's enough. I got to be there and I got to live up to my potential. You know, you made a comment about, it, you're a representation of the people you spend your time with. That was something that I really struggled with for a long time. And so when I went to top contractor school and I started looking around that room, it's do the law. I mean, any five person combination in that room is operating at a higher level than I am. And, and that's how you know that you're in the right room. And so it just, I've tried to pull that forward. And with you, and again, I'm rambling a little bit right now, but your mission of helping one person every single day, that's so simple, but so powerful. And that's something where I've, you know, it doesn't take a lot, right? It's the person in front of you at the grocery store that is a few dollars short. It's whatever the case may be, but it's always just how can I, you don't, you never know what someone else is going through. How can you just step up and be a better human for your best friend, your family, or a complete stranger. Yeah, and, and when I when I when that's my passion. I mean, that's my passion to help you know one person. But you know, with doing this podcast, with doing other things, and and just re reaching out and just doing the little and you know, I call them little nudges. Calling you know, texting people, doing a voice you know message, and saying, "Hey, I'm thinking about you today," because I truly am thinking about them. Because you know, God puts a nudge in my thing and says, "Hey, reach out to this person." call this person, do this, do that. And I truly believe that when you start focusing, like you just said, givers gain. When you start giving yourself to people, you gain so much. And, you know, and, and you, you said it, you said it earlier, you know, the, filling your cup up, you know, the more I help individuals, the more my cups filled. And then that way I can give more and then it empties and then I can fill it back up again and fill it back up. So it's constantly recycling. But I wanted to get into, you know, your, you know, let's pave. Let's 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 get into let's pave. I know you guys started uh, in 2015. I think you guys were talking in 2014 to start the company. But tell me a little bit about how you got in the industry, because I want our, you know, our our guests to just know who exactly let's pave is. Because here here's the thing: is there might be other contractors that might want to work with let's pave. So tell us your kind of your criteria of who you work with. And, and what you're developing in this business and how you got into it. I, for a point of clarification and, and based on some non-competes, no conversation started before 2015. So we started in 2015 and uh, my business partner, CB Kuzla, kind of launched the national landscape of the paving industry. And he was my boss's boss in my previous organization. And a lot of things they were doing really well uh, and that there was probably some areas that they can improve. And so our, our business plan really wanted to execute against the opportunities we saw in the market. CB had spent the two years prior to founding Let's Pave working for Gym Seal. So really understanding businesses like yours. And our mission is simple. We don't want to bid for practice. If we're bidding projects, we anticipate getting those projects. And it, it makes sense we got to make sure that we're pairing the right contractor with the right opportunity. I mean, I, 
thinking about your business and knowing the types of projects that you excel with, you might not be our first phone call for installing a stop sign or filling a pothole. I know that you would do that for us, but I know that your unique ability is large scale paving projects. So you can just kick their butt better than anyone else in your market. And so how do we put the square peg into the square hole? Because if you don't, and a lot of our competitors today, they just want to jam whatever peg they can and whatever opportunity they can. They want to get as many pegs as they can. That's not what we're about. If you put a square peg into a round hole, you're going to do damage to the hole and to the peg. And so I, I think of it like a matchmaking process. And really what gave me the confidence in CB and the mission for Let's Pave was we are going to do whatever we need to do to make sure that our contractors love working with us and to make sure that it's the easiest opportunity they've ever had. Make sure that we're filling their sales funnel. We're communicating with the store to let them know when we're coming to execute the work is we're not rolling out the literal red carpet, but we want the metaphorical red carpet to be rolled out so that let's pave projects are just easy to execute. And again, it's just square peg, square hole. And it's really, it's as simple to that. And today we're working with 2,000 contractors in our database, They're about 110 to 120 we work with on a regular basis, but probably about 50 or 60, they'll do over half of our work. And we just have really, really deep relationships with those contractors that we have quarterly business reviews where we're going through everything and just breaking down like, Hey, here, this turnaround time, closing this project out, this timeline, that's what's hurting your scorecard. And that's what's preventing you from really taking your business with Let's Pave to the next level and your business in general, because we don't only want you to do well with your business with Let's Pave. If I call you and Brian's company calls you and you have the opportunity to work with Brian's company, I want you to take all the jobs you can take. Because at the end of the day, that's going to put you in a better position to buy the next paver, to buy the next truck, hire and start the next crew. And I'm a firm believer now that a rising tide lifts all ships. And that's what it's about in our industry. It's eradicating the gypsies from our industry and really just focusing on borrowing from each other's playbooks and really just making the industry as good as we can possibly make it. Well, you said borrow from people's playbooks. It's all been invented once. We're not copying anything. Everything's been reenacted a million different times. It's just, we make it the way we wanna make it and we, we transition it the way our culture is. So I wanted to go right into that culture world because you know, you're know you developing a culture in your company and you're taking it from you know something that might not have had a good culture at first, but now you're saying, well, we need a culture. If we're going to grow, we need a culture. So, you know, with with BSI, and I've and I've told you this a couple times, is is you know, family, culture, and integrity. Those are our three core values because we want to make sure that we do the things when people aren't watching. You know, we want to make sure that every single one of our employees, you know, if you're if if you're not watching, you know, I want them to do the right thing. So that integrity is the one one of the most important things in, a, in our in our world right now is, is just having the integrity being doing things with honesty and then also my favorite is is really just family you know I, I i care so much about my guys and so much of you know and and i've had to let go people that that i really didn't want to let go of but but i did it for the team because what happens is is if i let that person go then that person can maybe down the road come back to our company because we weren't ready for that person so like you have to fit those three core, you know, core values to be able to do that. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about, because I, I read something on your LinkedIn that somebody posted uh, one of your employees, and it was just such a nice, refreshing thing to talk about culture and, and let's pave. And, you know, that's a, that's a huge accomplishment when you make that transition from having an okay culture to like excelling in your culture. It's work in progress. It's, it's never, I think I get caught up in, and I think most people do get caught up in the fact that they think there's a finish line for everything. And there's not always a finish line. I think it's silly for me in Let's Pave to get a lot of the credit. Because when I think about culture, again, I, I think of BSI, I think of KL, and I think of some of the stories you guys have told us about everyone talks about it being a really hard labor market. And it's really hard to find people. 
I hear from Keith Jr. and you and others that you got a waiting list of people waiting to join your company because of the culture you've built. I mean, that's one of the things Brian said. You don't have a recruiting and hiring an HR problem. You have a management, a leadership, a marketing problem. And I'm a firm believer in that. When you think about core values, and we've evolved our thinking, um, I think we made a lot of improvement over the last year, so I appreciate you noticing that. But our original kind of core values are now our non-negotiables. The ABCDs of Let's Pave, always do the right thing, be easy to work with, communicate, do work you can be proud of. Those are pretty aspirational, though. Those, those are table stakes. When we really dive down deep into what makes Let's Pave, Let's Pave, it's we have five core values. It's 40-40 windshield. We want to be fo- we want to learn from the past. We want to focus on the on the future. We want to be easy to work with. We just, again, I think one of the reasons you get so much done is because you go look at sites on Sunday and when you're close by, right, you called me from a Costco, I was changing a diaper and I got to really concentrate when I'm changing Annie's diapers. So <laughs> I answer it. So I'll call you right back. I called you back in 20 minutes. We had a great conversation, but my business partner, Mike Zader says the best ability is availability. And so we just have to be easy to work with. We have to answer the phone when it rings. We just have to be there for people. We have the startup hustle where, again, it's just, it's being scrappy. It's no one at our company says, that's not my job. It's if something needs to happen, you pick up a shovel and you fill in. We, we GSD, we get it done, get, get S done. And then the good vibe drive where we're, you have to work hard in order to play hard. Uh, fortunately, we work really hard, so we're able to play hard. So it's that 40-40 windshield, easy to work with, get it done, start a hustle, and good vibe tribe. And we recently started a subset of our company that we have a good vibe tribe committee. And their sole job they meet on a weekly basis is just to make sure the culture is always moving in the right direction. It's never going to be perfect, but are we making improvement? Are we making progress? You know, I think too is is that uh, like you said earlier. You know, you, you you don't have a you don't have a hiring problem. You have a marketing problem. You know, and and I think that's the biggest thing is 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 do you are you putting yourself out there? Are you letting people know what what what's your your company's worth? You know, like like I, we're doing videos right now and we're interviewing our staff and we we want people to to really tell us a day in the life of Birmingham Steel Co. A day in the life of BSI. What what makes BSI different? What makes BSI different than any other company you've been about? And most of the time they say is they feel like they're family. They feel like they're at home. So if you come to work every single day and it's not hard and it's not, you know, it's not uh, a job, people love coming to work. And so that's what we make it. And then you, you brought up a good point is, is like we want to make, you know, our families one. So like we do different things that, that stand out, you know, from from other companies. We do breakfasts at four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, and I'll, I'll come in and cook for my my people. And the reason why it's not a, I don't just do it, just do it because I love seeing the faces on them when they come in. They say, "Boss, you're cooking for us at four o'clock in the morning. Are you crazy?" It's like, "No, I'll, dude, I'll cook for you at two o'clock in the morning. Let's go, let's go, let's do this." You know, and I and, and the 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 real thing is 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 in what I'm starting to notice even in you is is when you choose a person that's going to be a part of let's pave let's say to do your work it's a reflection on you so when 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 let's say bsi comes and does a 200,000 square foot mill and pave and we get in there we're clean we you know we get in and out we talk to the customers and 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 everything's very professional it's a reflection on you so that's that's what i wanted to talk about i wanted to go in and say what makes the best contractor for you and 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 how do you really just choose your partner when you have somebody do it because there are a ton of people in the industry and there are people that like to say oh I, i'm good at this i do this i do that so there's those those objectives but with somebody that's like like myself that's been out there and i don't i don't hold anything back dude you you could put a camera i'd be a perfect celebrity like you could follow me around 24 7 in my company and videotape me and i am who i am exactly every single day and my wife will say this too is like yeah you're crazy some days you're agitated some days which i'm human and i let people know that so like i i seriously have my flaws but everybody sees that and flaws are good and so when people start seeing flaws they're like dude he has flaws that means I can do it. 
I can get on camera and do this. I can do this because I have flaws because everybody's so worried about being perfect. And those imperfections in people sometimes, you know, really make things even better for the outside world seeing they're like, oh, that guy goes through this. That guy goes through that. It's okay if I do that. So tell me a little bit about how you choose your partners uh, to do your work and, and, and how you really just make sure that they're doing and they're performing exactly the way you want them to do. Great question. It, it, I would just I want to build on a couple of last things you said. It that humanizes you, right? When you acknowledge your shortcomings, when you acknowledge your room for improvement, that makes a safe space. I mean, I'm very clear. I have high expectations of our team, but I have very little non-negotiables. And no one at our company is ever going to lose their job by making a mistake. You will lose your job by making a mistake and not being honest about it or trying to cover it up or trying to hide it. Certainly, we don't want people to make the same mistake multiple times, but we're in the we're in construction. We're in the business of making mistakes, so we understand. We just want to learn from it and be able to move forward. You know, backing up just even a little bit more, one of the things you talked about was we're not reinventing the wheel here. Everything has been done. It's how do we arrange the pages in the playbook to be really successful? And that's where what's been so interesting about like your, and again, I keep going back to KNL, your social media and KNLs and others, it's not focusing on your equipment and here's the before and after of the parking lot. That stuff is visually appealing, I agree. But the difference for these businesses is turning the camera around and talking to you and talking to your team and really understand what's the burn for everybody. What's what's the motivation? What's getting people there? And so really that's kind of the jumpstart on how we decide who we're gonna work with. Cause we don't, cost is just one input in terms of total value. And everything you just mentioned about going to do that 200,000 square foot mill and pave, which you're gonna do a bunch of those with us this year that it's, it's cost is just one input and the more babysitting and handholding and supervision that one of our partners needs is a good indication that that's not the right partnership for us. I mean, certainly we have all the tools and the technology with quality control checks and drone supervision and a robust team of project managers. I know you just flew down to NPE with Scott Lovins, who's been in this industry 25 years, one of my favorite names in this industry and one of my favorite people <laughs> in this industry. But it's not, I mean, when we're making good decisions and we have great partners like BSI and others, Scott, to a large degree, and this is hyperbole, but he's kind of twiddling his thumbs because we're getting so good at the decision-making that we're really, we're putting the square peg in the square hole. And those decisions in large part are, are made independently of our subjectivity. Those are objective data-driven decisions. Well, don't downgrade it too much because it, 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 you got to answer the phone first. So, yeah. I mean, I, I want to give you guys credit for that because I, I, I can do work with anybody. And my thing is, is, is I want to build relationships with do people, you know, do work with people that I really love and respect and have that family vibe. But answering the phone is huge. So when I call you or I call, you know, Scott Lovin, which is the best name in the world, by the way, and I'm sure I'm going to say it a, a couple times in this podcast because it's just an amazing name. But when I call him on a Sunday and he answers my, my call when I'm on a property for you guys looking at a property and an emergency job, you know, I don't have to second guess myself. I don't have to make that second trip out there. I don't have to, you know, I, I, I can handle everything. I can get that thing done and I can get it within 24 hours, which I had the bid on his desk before I think nine or 10 o'clock on Monday morning. So like I went out on a Sunday. And so like, my thing is, is I asked my clients, okay, first, what are your expectations? You know, with, with me, you know, are they, you know, are you, are you expecting, uh, you know, me to get you a bid ASAP? You know, as long as you're telling me when the bid is done, that's what I expect, you know? So you set your expectations, just like you set your expectations with your clients and your contractors. So as long as they have the expectations, you know exactly what to do to win. You know, so I, I always talk to t- tell people about this is it's pretty simple in business. You just got to ask questions and then you got to listen to the answer. And as long as you can actually listen to the answer instead of having an agenda, you know, oh, well, yeah, sure, I'll do it. But you're not even listening. That's what the contractor world is, is facing a huge detriment on is, is like, hey, I need you to go look at this parking lot and do this. Well, they look at the parking lot and they and they put the bid together and then all of a sudden somebody other client comes like say i go out there and give them a bid and i'm like listen if you do this this and this you're going to waste a ton of money 
why don't we evaluate the whole situation? We'll look at the parking lot. We're gonna we're not just giving you, you know, lipstick on a pig. We're gonna we're gonna really evaluate and see what the best cash flow scenario and the best investment for you because this is an asset. So we're gonna dissect and go into detail exactly what you need as a as a customer. And I think people appreciate that. Before it was just like, you know, this is what you want, but they're not the expert. We're we're the expert coming on the job. It's almost like, you know. You, you saying, you know, hey, I need that pothole filled. Well, you fill the pothole and then two weeks later they complain about it. Well, you should have probably offered a different repair on that because you knew that pothole was only going to last a couple of days. Yeah. So my thing is, is, is just being very transparent. And I think that answering the phone and being transparent is we're going to develop this amazing relationship and we're going to do work where, you know, Scott comes on a job, looks at it and he's, he doesn't have that. He just drives to the parking lot and make sure it's not bumpy. You know, and and because we're going to send you the drones, we're going to send you the videos, we're going to send you all that stuff that you have no expectation and that adds value. And so you just said it, that value is huge. You know, having drone videos, that's sometimes a thousand bucks to have somebody go out and do drone videos. Having somebody babysit, if you have to babysit somebody to watch, I always tell my customers when I used to do residential, if you have to stay home for a day to watch us do your driveway, it just costs you what it costs for the driveway, what it costs you taking a day off, and now you lost one of your vacation days, so now you can't spend it with your family. Yeah. So that's three things. What does that cost? What does that cost entail? You know, you, you spent two hundred dollars on a driveway. We, I, we charge four. You know, if we charge four hundred, that's double. You took two hundred dollars off for you know not going into work. Now you're at four hundred, and now it's not done properly. So like those are the little things that like I see you know, as, a, as in this industry is, is we're making a change just like you, as you're being innovated, you want to make sure that it's, it's being done right. And you want to have the right partner. So I wanted to get that a little bit, you know, very transparent because, you know, I'm going to send this out on some of the asphalt pages and I want you to benefit from this because I want people to really say, Hey, let's pay. I want to do work with them. And then that way you can set the expectations right up before they even watch this. And if they listen, they're going to say, Hey, I know what you expect. This is what you expect. This is what you expect. This is what you expect. Give us a shot. And you yeah. can say, I give everybody a shot, but don't mess up, you know, and that's the kind of thing that you have. So I just wanted to say, you know, it was an amazing, amazing time. And I wanted you to add one more thing too, is, is, is I always ask this question, and I don't ask it on everyone, but I wanted to ask it to you, is give me one target that you have for yourself and your business. So give me one for your business and one for you uh, personally that you want to accomplish in 2022. And the reason why I say that is, is because, to be honest with you, I tell people if they put it out in the universe, they end up doing it. So, you know, one of those things that you're going to be, you're, you're being recorded, so you're going to put it out there and, and, and I'm going to hold you to it. So tell me two things personally and business. Yeah. Uh, good question. So business wise, uh, I can't be too specific, but I look forward to celebrating when this happens. I can chat with you offline about it. We have some really interesting partnerships that I think are going to just turn our industry on their head. Got a few opportunities right now goal is to at least get one of those done in 2022 that I think is just going to take people in our atmosphere, our ecosystem, and just accelerate them uh, just through the roof. So that's number one. And then number two, it's, it's the weight thing for me. It's a health thing to me. I mean, I feel the best when I'm like in the 250 to 260 range, just probably I don't know, 230 in college. I'm looking to get back under the 250 mark by the end of this year. I mean, Jeremy, one thing he's taught me is I got to do it sustainably. Um, I can yo-yo diet with the best of them. I mean, being in a seasonal industry, I would probably go from like 290 to 250 very routinely in a 12 month cycle. The problem is I've been able to gain weight with the best of them. So what that represents for me is just the freedom and the flexibility and the health and the energy to just be a better husband, be a better father, um, be a better leader here at the business. So uh, I appreciate it being recorded. Now definitely gonna have accountability. I, I can't wait when you post that. <laughs> the amount of text messages I'm gonna yeah. get. 
Um, yeah, well, you know what? I, lo- I love doing that because I, I just, like like anything, is you write down your goals, you write down your targets, but, you know, really you just got to manifest them and put them out there. So, you know, I'll hold you accountable and I'll be that person that you can call anytime 24-7 if you're struggling because, you know, it's it's not it's not when we struggle, it's how we get up from the, that struggle because, you know, you can lose some days. We have 365 days in a year. If you lose a couple days, it's okay. Yeah. But as long as you keep going back and you keep doing it, it's all consistency. It took me four years and I'm still losing a little bit of weight, you know, but it's taken me four, four years and three months to lose what I've, what I've accomplished. And it's a uh, 120 something pounds and it's just consistency. It's literally well, just every day waking up and doing the same thing over and over. And, and I didn't, I didn't know you in the 350 days, but you look great now your energy is contagious. I mean, you pop off the page and it's, it's one of my favorite quotes from Deion Sanders. You look good. You feel good. You feel good. You play good. You play good. They pay good. And, and really <laughs> it's kind of, I have a hoodie that says that, that I've been embarrassed to wear right now that uh, I look forward to, to breaking that out of the closet. Um, just in connecting all those dots. I think, I think I need to get one of those hoodies. Cause that sounds amazing. I think I get that really well right now. My, my office, I wear that in my office to be like, dude, where'd you get that sweatshirt? That I'll, 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 I'll get you one. I'll, I'll get one sent out uh, your way as a thank you for uh, the opportunity to come chat with you. Well, I, Hey, I just want to let you know, I appreciate it. And then uh, hang tight. I'll put you in the waiting room, but I just wanted to say, I appreciate you. And definitely it's uh, been an honor and, you know, it's, it, I, I look forward to growing our relationship. You know, it's just been one of those things that as soon as I met you, I knew exactly that we would be, you know, growing this relationship because I knew that you were one of those people that I had to hang out with because you had that fire. I know you want to change the industry and I know you want to do this. So let's do it together, brother. I appreciate the opportunity. Love you, Ryan. Look forward to growing this relationship. All right. Thanks sounds good, man. We'll, we'll talk soon. Okay. See ya. Far from dying. The best is yet to come